Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for September 18th, 2022. Please join in our call to worship. So much in life is unpredictable. Life begins and ends. The weather changes. Love surprises us. Doors close. Others open. Life is unpredictable, but what we can count on is finding God in this space, for this is God's house and all are welcome. So bring your questions and concerns, your doubts and wonderings, for in the midst of this unpredictable life, we can predict this. Love lives here. Let us worship God. God of faith, God of the doubters, come alongside us as we worship this day. Open our eyes as you open our hearts. Unravel our doubt. Unravel our unbelief. Lead us to rest in you. Gratefully we pray. Amen.
again is from Dear God, Honest Prayers to a God Who Listens, by Bunmi Latitan. When fear demands my audience with its urgent whispers, cold hands grasping at my temples, racing toward my heart like wild ivy, help me to breathe. Stay in your unmoving presence. Keep my eyes fixed on your throne and my mind on your holy hill. It's you who holds my future, writes my days, and covers my nights. Stay close to me, please, now and forevermore. Amen. Our scripture this morning is from John 20, 19 through 29. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the marks of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Thomas's life has become unraveled. The unimaginable has happened. You can imagine how Thomas feels. He has been following Jesus through the greatest years of his life. Oh, how he loves the Master! But when Jesus begins talking about going ahead somewhere to prepare a place for his disciples, Thomas is the one to ask the question, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answers him with words that are both mysterious and meaningful. I am the way and the truth and the life. And when it becomes clear that Jesus is striding forward into danger, when the other disciples try to talk Jesus out of going to Judea, Thomas is the one who encourages the others. Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. But now the unimaginable has happened. 
Jesus has been cruelly murdered by the authorities. Thomas and the others did not die with him, as Thomas had so bravely declared not so long ago. No, instead the disciples are hiding from the Jewish authorities. They are huddled together in a house with doors locked against those who would kill them as well. Of course, the women have told of Jesus' resurrection. Mary Magdalene has gone straight from the garden to tell the other disciples. But Luke's gospel tells us these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. The unimaginable had indeed happened. Jesus was gone. The women were babbling nonsense. The disciples, their world unraveling around them, were sitting in a locked room. Fear, panic, chaos. Then Jesus appeared among them, and Thomas was not there. Where was Thomas? We don't know. The scripture does not say... Maybe he was nursing his grief by seeking solitude. Maybe he was simply buying provisions. Perhaps he was comforting his family or taking care of some kind of business. But wherever he was, he was totally unprepared for the news of Jesus' appearing. A risen Jesus did not figure in with his worldview, Perhaps he reasoned, just as the women's news of a risen Christ had been so much nonsense, the other apostles were suffering from some kind of mass delusion. No, he will not believe it unless he sees it. More than that, unless he can actually touch those wounds in Jesus' hands and side, he will not believe. What do we do when the unimaginable happens? All of us, if we live long enough, are confronted at some time or another with the unimaginable. A car accident, a crime, a war, an incurable disease. And we are left with our world unraveling around us. I remember being in the motel room when we went to James's graduation at McPherson College in May of 2011. Marty was watching the news, as he usually does, when news of the Joplin tornado came on the screen. Isn't that where Eric teaches? I remember him asking. Yes, I replied, but my mind could not embrace the entire horror of that storm. It was not until later, when we found out that our nephew Eric had just attended the graduation parties of his students and had left town only minutes before the storm struck, that the news began to sink in. 161 people, including one of his graduating seniors, lost their lives in the storm, making it the deadliest single tornado on record in the U.S., since official records were begun in 1950. Unimaginable. I remember my last year of teaching in 2016 when a student brought in several copies of an article about the 15th anniversary of 9-11. Yes, another student said, my mother's cousin died in one of the towers. 
Yes, the tragedy of 9-11 was unimaginable when we lived through it, but this brought it nearer still. And when we talked to Marty's cousin John, who had been in the city when it had happened, our capacity for keeping that unimaginable event at arm's length unraveled even more. Even fresher in our minds is the memory of the attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021. I literally could not believe my eyes. It is still unimaginable. So, how do we deal with the unimaginable? Well, we can deal with it any number of different ways. We can investigate or we can downplay. We can deny or we can dig deeper. We can rage or we can sigh. We can lock ourselves in or we can march in the streets. If we are wise, we will lean upon God's presence. In the case of Marty's cousin's experience of 9-11, he shares his story. In the case of my student's mother who lost her cousin, she remembers with love and sorrow. She shares the story of her cousin, the small-town Midwestern girl who was so excited to work in the big city. Both John and Janine remember without rancor, but with a sense of story and of loss. They remember, they share, and the rest of us try to understand and grieve along with them. As for our nephew Eric, he attended the funeral of his former student, but he did even more. He could have found a job nearer his home since his commute was over an hour each way, but he decided to stay in Joplin for another year. His students, he knew, had had enough change. His high school had taken a direct hit. He showed up to salvage what he could. Then he stayed teaching in that devastated community, his classroom in a remodeled Shopco building. The next spring, he conducted a mass choir of all Joplin's choral students, singing a song about recovery from that tornado one step at a time. And as for Thomas, Jesus did not leave Thomas in his unbelief and loss. Christ came to him in that experience of the unimaginable. This is how we get through, that Christ comes to us, each one of us, whether we can put our fingers in his wounds or not. Christ comes to us and carries us through. And Thomas was forever changed. When Portuguese missionaries first traveled to India, they found Christians already there. Those Christians cited Thomas as their apostle, the one who traveled farther than any other in order to spread the gospel. Some accounts even place Thomas in Ethiopia and China. And he did follow the risen Christ to his own death as a martyr. From a locked room to the farthest stretches of the known world, Thomas still followed the Master. From an unraveled life to a life of purpose and witness, Thomas still followed the Master. 
Brothers and sisters, may we do the same. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Amen. Let us pray. O God, thank you for the witness of your Apostle Thomas. Thank you that you come to us in the midst of the unraveling, knitting us back together again. In Jesus' name, amen. Receive the benediction. Jesus does not leave us alone in our doubting. May we go with God to be the disciples God has called us to be. Amen.